0: Hello, and welcome to this Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles, Managing Editor here at Unheard, and I'm joined by Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. For anyone who doesn't already know, which would be very sad because you'd be missing out on his fantastic writing, uh, Peter writes our daily Unpacked column, amongst other things. So, today, we are talking about the financial crash, but more specifically, the fact that, Peter, in your words, Some economists have been thinking really, really hard about it. Can you explain what you mean there?
1: Well, I mean, it happened, well, basically 10 years ago now. Um, And if you remember, not that long after, the the Queen um, was at, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, that is, um, was at a function where I think some economists were present, some academic economists, and she asked, why didn't any of them see the crash coming? Which was a very pointed uh, question and a very good one.
0: And one that I think was on all our lips, to be honest.
1: Indeed. Um, but um, feeling perhaps a little guilty about their lack of foresight. Um, some of them have been sort of questioning old assumptions about, you know, that might have you know, had them in such a theoretical bind so that they were unable to see it coming.
0: And so um, the piece you're unpacking in your Unpacked, uh, Peter, was by Noah Smith uh, for Bloomberg. So what is it that the economists have realised?
1: Okay, well, there's, um, you know, and this goes back decades, but there's a sort of fundamental assumption about the nature of recessions, which is that they are uh, perfectly rational responses to unpredictable events everything's going fine then there's some sort of shock to the economy and that upsets all sorts of um, expectations and people quite reasonably sort of batten down the hatches and the economy goes into a bit of a a slump right so that's, um, that's the conventional thinking about how recessions happen what these maverick economists have realised is that that could be completely wrong and that in fact recessions, and especially recessions after sort of financial crises like um, happened uh, 10 years ago, um, is in fact the, uh, an irrational response to something that should have been foreseen.
0: Which sort of sounds a bit like injecting common sense into theory.
1: Indeed, because there were people who thought, well, I mean, there's that saying that if, if something cannot go on forever, then it will stop, right? And that is perfectly it's common sense, it's, it's logic. Um, and yet, we had um, uh, economic policies, we had business investment policies, we had a uh, Regulatory systems of of, of banking that seem to assume that we could go on pumping cheap credit into lousy assets, and that nothing would go wrong.
0: So I'm I'm glad that that you've mentioned this idea of of uh, putting credit into assets so there's a fantastic what you call a, a corking euphemism uh, in your piece um, which is this idea of the theory of extrapolative expectations can you explain what that is yes
1: um i believe that is um something from two economists well interestingly enough they're i think they're the behavioral economists uh nicola uh Genioli and andre schliefer um they're not sort of you know, macroeconomists economists they've, they've come from kind of outside that particular sub-discipline and um, suggest that um, what is happening is that people are just assuming that they can carry on um, putting money into, you know, property markets, people assume, yeah, this time it will be different, there won't be a crash. We can go on investing and investing and investing. House and prices, prices keep will go up and yeah. up and up, and well, we'll be—you know—everyone keeps on going. The pyramid scheme keeps on extending ever outwards. Surprise, surprise!
0: Until one day it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't,
1: and then suddenly everyone panics—the irrational bit of the response—and things get even worse. And the fact that um, they've been hiding, um, in many uh, cases, the the um, risks that they were exposed to through these incredibly complex um, uh, financial instruments, Um, people realise that not only is everything going southwards, we don't know to what extent uh, ourselves and our people we're dealing with are exposed to this. So it, it turns into a total panic, a complete freeze and you know it it, it had catastrophic consequences as we know
0: which brings us back to your point earlier peter about the regulatory deficiencies in the system because you know we had no idea what these financial products really were or what was going on within them and you know this whole system set up which as you described was 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 about hiding risk um but i guess the important point is less about redoing the theory and more about the real-world implications of when you have a theory that allows this sort of head-in-sand kind of behaviour to continue.
1: Yeah, because you know once you you know um, internalise a framework for thinking about policy, um, and it's got all sorts of you know um, top-flight academics endorsing it, it becomes very easy for politicians to say, actually, we, we, we don't need to, to um, listen to these uh, Jeremiah's um, sort of saying that it's all going to go wrong, because actually the mainstream, the, the respectable expert, experts, um, have told us, no, everything's fine, and that the models that we're basing our economic policy on are perfectly sound um but unfortunately those models are based on false assumptions
0: and you also point out peter that we might want to have another look at uh, the words we use to describe this kind of behavior so in particular you take umbrage with with the words uh, predictable uh, and also irrational can you explain what you mean by that
1: well the, the what the, this new thinking which which says that um in fact, yes, um, that the, the the recessions are predictable. Well, they're not predictable exactly like they're going to happen at a given point. What is predictable, or rather, what's inevitable, is that when you base it on speculation, that it will collapse at some point, right? So we, you know, the new thinking mustn't fool us into in, in, into assuming that now we can predict exactly. We won't be able to predict exactly. We know that a lot of risk is building up and that it's unsustainable risk, but we don't know when the crunch will come and that's really important. The other thing is um, calling the response to this irrational. Uh, Well, if you are a banker who can make an awful lot of money and then walk away from the problems you caused, then actually (laughs) you've behaved in a, immoral but still rational way if, if all you care about is getting rich what's irrational is the system that lets them get away with it
0: and and it is quite spectacular when you look at um what has happened to some of those bankers who uh, were at the very top of the tree earning i mean eye water or eye watering kind of telephone size um salaries yes and you know created havoc within the system and have walked away with you know golden parachutes more than we'll ever earn in a lifetime I mean vastly more and and you look at that and you think how are the incentive structures how are these contracts designed that means you know someone that has overseen a collapse of their firm can still walk away being a multi-millionaire, exactly. and yet the people whose lives have been impacted as a result of the financial crash—you know, the ordinary person who you know bought their home and you know had fairly yeah. tight finances who now has had that house repossessed—the yes. person who's lost their job—you know, there's there's just no comparison, and that's where the irrationality comes in.
1: That's right, and you know these these people got rich from causing this calamity, and they're still rich.
0: Well, there we go. Bit more bashing of the bankers. (laughs) Also known as why we need to reform capitalism here at (laughs) UnHerd. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Peter, as ever, for a fascinating discussion. We can be grateful to know that the economists are finding a little bit of common sense out there. Thank you, James, uh, for producing this podcast. Please do subscribe if you haven't already and do check out our weekly podcast as well and the audio documentaries we have produced. And we hope you listen to the next Unpack Short. <music>